Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Law, the Law Careers podcast for students at King's College London. I'm Caroline Lintner, one of the careers consultants for the Dixon Plume School of Law at King's, and today I'm joined by Bernie Rivard. Bernie graduated with a degree in law from King's College London this year. He is about to start legal practice course, the LPC, at BPP University before joining city law firm Travis Smith as a trainee solicitor next year. During his time at King's, Bernie was first year representative and then president of King's IT and IP Law Society, also known as KIPS. He was careers officer for the King's Law Society and also member of All the King's Men, King's award-winning all-male a cappella group. We'll talk more about that later. Bernie has recently joined the junior board of the O-Shape Lawyer. Bernie, thank you so much for joining me today. It's lovely, lovely to see you. Thank you so much. It's an honour. So we, we really should start off by talking about your time at King's because you've only just graduated. Congratulations on that. Um, tell us why you chose to study um, law at King's and also maybe share some of your highlights from the last three years. Sure, sure. Um, I think well, I think that question can be broken down into two, right? Why law, why King's, uh, law at King's? Um, f- for me, law, you know, it's a bit cliche, but it it wasn't necessarily the thing I wanted to study, you know, since I was six years old. But I can say that at 13, it did become the default after, you know, reading all the all the classic books that, you, you know, everyone puts in their personal statement, right? You know, letters to a law student, the rule of law. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of the academic study of law, which is, you know, why I came to uni in the first place, I, I certainly did not think I'd become a commercial lawyer, um, you know, before before then. Um, I think it just suited my my personality, right? I think it, you know, through doing, um, you know, a mixture of A-levels, history, English literature, um, thinking critically and and crafting language for persuasion, um, I think uh, were, you know, I think things that I I enjoyed and and wanted to continue developing as well. And I think, you know, law especially has um, has that central point where, it mixes in politics and history and you get to learn about um, just humans and stories through different cases and and policy reasons, you know, and, and how people think about you know, re- regulating behavior. So it, it was all kind of a mixture of things that just fitted together for me. That, so that's that's the law part. And then Kings, um, you know, I, I think it, it was a bit of a no brainer for me just because geographically and um, you know, symbolically, it, it is at the centre of, of legal London, right? You, know, you have every single law firm at your, at your doorstep, you have the Courts of Justice. Um, and I also knew that the King's Law Society was you know, pretty strong for, for careers, so that was a good you know, option to have. Um, and then I think King's is one, is one of those degrees that combines a bit of philosophy in, in the degree, right? And that's one of the reasons why I, just, I decided to, to choose King's um, because w- one of the books I'd read was was called Justice by Michael Sandel, talking about utilitarianism and you know, the distinction between law and morality. And you know, funnily enough, my, my final year coursework was on uh, utilitarianism or uh, some sort of slant on it. So it all came full circle. Uh, and then I think the final, sorry, the final thing um, is is the community, right? The reason why I, I chose Kings, or at least put it on my, my top two in, in the first place, was because... When I came to Tour Kings, the tour guide, uh, she let me know, you know, I had all these options between all these London universities, but Kings is one of the unique places where, especially in law work, where it can be quite competitive, that students help each other out. And it's, you know, there is that, you know, supportive feel. And that's why 
I, I chose uh, Kings. <laughs> and, and what were some of your highlights? I mean, it's very recent in your mind, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, what, what would you what would you say? You sort of look back um, already on your three years here. <laughs> um, to be honest, I think the whole three years is a highlight. There isn't one moment where I can say, "Wow, I'm glad I chose Kings." Right? Maybe, maybe uh, except for now. <laughs> um, I, I think there are two two moments. Um, maybe you know the, the first six weeks of Freshers' Week, right? Where you know you're you're independent. You're going to to you know going through all these celebrations, and and you have just so many events, way way too many to fit on your calendar. Uh, I quite enjoyed. You know, having to choose between, oh, do I go to this, you know, table tennis club? Do I go to this uh, other society? Um, and then I think the second part, you know, on the fact that there were no, you know, one massive moments, um, I'd say, I think it's just, you know, it's the rehearsals, it's the team meetings, it's the small um, parts. And it's also being, you know, getting that London package that, that Kings offers, right? So it's all the smaller moments that I think I, I really cherish and, and will continue to for the the rest of my life. Right, thank you. Um, we touched upon there the the fullness of your sort of experience at King's, uh, particularly in you know freshest freshest week, freshest fortnight, freshest six weeks, whatever we want to call it. <laughs> um, but you you spent half of your degree at King's on campus, and then global pandemic hit, lockdowns came along, and half of your degree learning remotely. So, what was that actually like, Bernie? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was um, it was interesting. I, I think I think with you know the remote versus in person, um, you know everyone has their preference, and I personally found pros and cons for both. Right, and you know there were a few times during the year where it was a bit of a hybrid model. You know sometimes for tutorials you'd come in, but for lectures you could um, you know have that flexibility and and take them when, whenever you liked. So you know. For me, in an ideal world, I'd have you know lectures online, I'd have tutorials in person, and I'd have exams online. Just because I think having those those uh, you know twenty four hour exams, open book, maybe advantages analysis rather than memory. I don't I don't know. Uh, maybe that that helped me in my in my final year. Um, but I think there were other challenges, which you know it's it's. Um, they were difficult, but maybe also important, you know, in order to learn about yourself, right? You know, how do you, how do you really, you know, work independently, right? When study groups may, may not even be a thing, or how do you manage that the physical barrier between, you know, your room, the, the kitchen, uh, and yeah, the time, you know, as well. When do you stop working when no one's, you know, looking after you? I, I spent, you know, um, a, quite a few moments, you know, a few months uh, in a row, uh, alone in a flat, you know, my flatmate had returned home, um, and it was difficult at times. But you know, I I was lucky enough to have family and and uh, you know academic tutors to kind of keep me anchored in a way. Mm. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, my mindset going into it was, okay, it's a terrible, terrible situation. Luckily, I don't have any pre-existing conditions, so I'll just you know follow the guidelines. But it was also an opportunity, right, not to use uh, the situation as an excuse to to just be like, okay, well. You know that's out of my hands, and I'll just let the year, you know, take carry me away. But rather, you know, okay, this is my opportunity to just double down on my efforts, and and you know, this is also maybe a good preparation for working life, where if the pandemic really, you know, changes working habits for the, you know, for the foreseeable future, then it is useful to have that experience. So in a way, I maybe maybe have been lucky to have that um, that transition year as well. 
Yeah, uh, it's certainly going to be very interesting to see how that does transpire into the world of work um, and whether that's a short term, medium term or long term change. We just don't know yet. Um, I, I mentioned in my introduction of you that about you that you were very active in societies during your degree. W what experience did you gain from the positions you held? Because you were sort of at the forefront of two of the major societies at, at King's uh, for law students. Yeah. Um... Gosh, I'm I'm personally, you know, so grateful to have had so many, um, you know, formative experiences, and uh, I think I, I gained, you know, communication experience, leadership experience, time, time management, um, but also, yeah, on the time management piece, um, I, I personally, you know, regret having taken on so so much. Um, okay, yes, on the one hand, I, I don't think I'd change. You know, if I could do it again, I wouldn't necessarily change mm -hmm. uh, my approach. But there were a few times where I think I, I regretted putting 100% on my plate from day one mm. uh, because, you know, something you realize as a student is that sometimes one module, one society will demand a little bit more from you or maybe two or three in a row. And then maybe it's application season and all of a sudden your capacity is not 100%, it's 120, 140%, right? So, um, but, you know, otherwise, I think going from Kip's first year up to president really helped me. I, I think it really just kick-started my, my growth as a leader. And, you know, I, I really do see, you know, see myself as someone who, uh, you know, in, in my ideal, ideal uh, version is someone who helps others, you know, grow and learn and, and inspires others. And it was really tough to, you know, um, actually, you know, I, I was head boy at my previous school, but, you know, this time it just felt a bit more real where 11 people are actually counting on you to, to, you know, tell them what to do or not, not tell them what to do, but like guide them, guide the yeah. direction. Uh, whereas, you know, at school, teachers still uh, have that, you know, that oversight and everything else. So g great, great to have that that pressure and um, to be challenged and yeah, to learn about, you know, how what is my leadership style? You know, I think at times I was a bit micromanagey. <laughs> um, other times maybe I took too much on. So honestly, beautiful experiences uh, and amazing, amazing people. And it really bonds you with, with these people, right? So mm -hmm. I think, you know, first and foremost, if you're choosing a society, um, yeah, choose the one that, you know, you think is most interesting, but also the one where you think that you'll, you'll really bond with, with, with the people. And that's, that's what I certainly experienced with, with all the societies. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I think when it comes to talking about them, um, at interviews, which you inevitably will, or you'll be referencing them as great examples and application forms. It, as someone who has recruited for many years, it does come across very clearly, very quickly, if you're not actually really passionate about what you've done, if you're just mm -hmm. doing it to fill your CV up. So if you're going to put a lot of time into something like that, the ideal is that you'll enjoy it, right? Would you agree with that? Oh, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. I think, and I feel quite strongly that, you know, if, if commercial law is your endpoint, um, you know, being successful doesn't necessarily mean sacrificing enjoyment. Oftentimes, enjoying yourself in some sort of interest, you know, it makes you stand out so much. And funnily enough, you know, I found that when, you know, even with Travers, they just knew my face and they knew that, oh yeah, he's the person who is in the acapella group. Um, and that, you know, that can change the game, really. Well, well, that's my next question, and we need to talk about this because um, I, I wasn't aware of all the King's Men, um, which I'm ashamed I shouldn't be admitting this, but I wasn't. Um, tell me, tell me more about it. What, what, what is the group? What, what, what did you do when you could could presumably perform? I'm really interested for our listeners to hear about this. Sure, sure. 
Um, so, so as you mentioned, you know, all the Kings Men, we're an all male a cappella singing group. We, we call ourselves semi-professional just because we do, you know, we did private gigs uh, and did earn some money, but obviously not enough to make that, a, you know, a independent, uh, you know, one source of, of income to, to live off of. But yeah, I mean, we, we went to the Fringe, we, we, we uh, recorded an album and a music video covering songs you know, from Whitney Houston to uh, Katy Perry. Uh, it was honestly such a blast. And the people in the group, you know, were lawyers, medics, uh, politics students, music students, of course. Um, I mean, for me, it was quite actually quite intimidating because these, these guys were proper musicians, you know, people who had perfect pitch, could sight read uh, music instantly. And, you know, for someone who came into uni, yeah, I did, I did grade singing, but this was just a whole new level where, you know, you get given a piece of music and you come to rehearsal knowing your part and being ready to just put it all together on the spot, right? So great for the, uh, for the experience in terms of becoming a better musician. Um, but yeah, and, and the memories of just, you know, being on a train and just doing some sort of improv with the group or, uh, yeah, it's, it's those little moments, you know, it's the, it's the cracking the jokes in, in the house in, in Edinburgh or, um, you know, the, the small moment where, you know, you're asked to do something again and again and again, and it becomes sort of a, a funny story to recount or when someone messes up, but no one notices, but then, you know, in, in a performance and then you can kind of talk about that. It's, it's those it's the small moments. And yeah, it was a really great time uh, for me. Probably one of the best decisions I, I think I made uh, in terms of society, uh, society wise. Yeah. And, and do you, are you aware whether they're going to be able to or planning to get back to performing to act to uh, in person audiences? Have they been doing anything remotely during the pandemic? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I think in terms of the outer external, um, you know, external content, we haven't put out anything this past year. I think it was a year of hibernation, right, where mm. um, a lot of people had been in the group for years and years. And now, um, you know, the old musical director and the new musical director are thinking, you know, how can we, uh, you know, maybe take the society in a new direction and, and you know, maybe in a different genre. So I, I definitely think it'll be a year of, of rebirth and, uh, you know, because this past year has been has obviously been tough. You know, there are some acapella groups that do that virtual, uh, do the virtual performances, but we thought, you know, we didn't want necessarily to sacrifice anything uh, mm -hmm. uh, of our brand, of that, you know, that in-person engagement uh, this year, so you know, hopefully, freshers, freshers fair, uh, you'll know, you'll know where to go uh, <laughs> to see the old things then. Yeah, great, thank you. So you, you mentioned earlier on, um, you know, about this interest in commercial law, and and actually, you decided what I would say quite early on in your degree that you decided you wanted to be a commercial lawyer by the end of your first year. So, what did you do to help you to inform this decision to to make you realise that actually this is really something I I am committed to. Yeah, but of course, of course. I think you know. I'm not going to lie. Like with, like with maybe many people, it starts off with an emotional decision, right? You know, you go to a few events, you talk to some impressive people, you see a really nice office with all these perks, and you know, law, commercial law, especially, you know, it's a prestigious, challenging uh, degree. So you know, I think it's as a um, you know job. So what's not attractive about about something like that, right? So I think. At first, there was that you know that emotional spark, like wow, I want to do this. And then I think after that, it's about really you know 
questioning and questioning those assumptions and, and confronting the realities. So I didn't necessarily change course in terms of speaking to people, going to events, still following the news. Um, and I, and you know, I'm sure we can we could talk about that. But um, you know, for me, my, my sort of strategy after that was, OK, now I, I really need to you know, question what about these, you know, these long working hours? What, what do we do about that? And, and uh, you know, what do we do about the fact that sometimes clients will want something and you have to sacrifice you know, something else or managing, managing expectations on, you know, at the highest level under pressure, solving complex problems. And at the end of the day, fundamentally, it is about, it's about you know, businesses. You have, you have to have that curiosity there, right? So I think you know, once I made that emotional decision, it was about um, yeah, f- finding the people, the resources to just confirm it, right? Um, and, and for me, my, you know, shamefully, I, I went to far too many events. But I think what I gained from that is I was just exposed to more lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully that, that helped me think more like a lawyer and approach anything I was reading like a, you know, like a trainee lawyer. You know, I, I realized after, you know, reading and reading and meeting with these people that um, I really cannot know what the life of a commercial lawyer is like. So it starts with, with that point of humility where, okay, however, I, ha- I have enjoyed everything that I've done so far, right? I understand that trainees, they do research, they manage projects, they um, have to do, you know, all these different tasks. And then as you rise from associate to senior associate, your tasks start to change. Maybe you start to manage a team. Maybe you start to negotiate. And eventually, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're hiring. Maybe you're actually leading a deal. Um, and I had that sort of mini, you know, very, very small experience from KIPS, uh, you know, from first year up to president. So, so, yeah. And I think, you know, after informing yourself, you realize, okay, it involves business. It involves strategy. It involves solving complex under pro- problems under pressure. And I felt that after I knew that I wanted to become a commercial, commercial lawyer, it's about getting those experiences that, that demonstrate that you can do those things, right? So uh, reading, reading commercial news and really finding your interest, so developing that curiosity. Um, and, and then also, you know, how do you demonstrate that resilience and drive that's necessary for the profession? So it was, it was kind of like working backwards, right? It wasn't mm. this in order to, you know, in, to, in order to inform a decision to become a commercial lawyer. It was, I want to become a commercial lawyer. And how do I prove myself right or wrong after the fact? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great way of, of approaching it and something I think recruiters look out for as well. Um, and then, of course, you have you've ended up with a trading contract, Travis Smith, fantastic firm. But there's so much choice out there. And mm. I just wondered how you decided what firms you wanted to apply to. And I know you did a back scheme at Travis and we'll come on to that separately. But mm. how do you navigate what is an incredibly crowded market? Actually, so much choice out there. Absolutely. I think this was the hardest part, you know, and especially as every year goes on, there's more societies, more resources, more people you know, doing their own, producing their own content. Uh, it's just so difficult to wade through the noise. So I completely, completely, uh, you know, empathize with this, with this point. Um, for me, it was, I had a kind of a dangerous dynamic where I just had this fear that, you know, uh, maybe I wasn't good enough or I had to just do everything in order to stand out. Right. And I think that's, most likely the wrong approach, right? What I found is that, you know, people who, who you know, were comfortable and, and were successful at the end of the day in finding their firm, um, you know, were people who, you know, chose one, two, three quality experiences or just a few commitments um, to, to get that flavor of what they were looking for and maybe get that gut feeling as well. 
uh, which I, I can mention uh, you know, at the end of, of my answer. But on the other hand, attending all these events that, you know, that I did in first year and second year, there was a benefit of seeing firms multiple times, right? And something I noticed is that maybe you know, two friends who I thought would really love a firm, one had a completely different reaction to you know, the same event. Um, maybe it's they spoke to, you know, because they spoke to different people, different teams, uh, different time in the year, where maybe one of them is more stressed or you know, whatever it could be. I just found that going to an event, it's just so difficult to differentiate firms because maybe they're all very similar but have some underlying characteristics that, that you know, differentiate them. Uh, but at the end of the day, I found that it just really depends on the person you speak to you know, and who your supervisor will be and how, how busy the, the department is at that time. Um, and interpretation, maybe you know, one person interprets the exact same phrase, exact same tone completely differently. Um, but the thing that's most difficult, uh, just to really go into it, is that every single firm will tell you, oh, we do great work, great clients, but what differentiates us is our people and our culture. And for a student who went to you know, so many events, that tells me nothing. All it tells me is this person really belongs in this firm, which is great. So, but that, that works for that person, right? So I think I had to look to something more concrete. And, and, and what I did was, okay, what are my values? What do I want out of, out of a firm? Um, and for me, my, my value is, is, is long-term growth and, and learning and development, right? You know, I think you know, people have many different reasons going into law, whether that's uh, the work, the money, or a combination of the people, whatever it may be. Um, for me, I, I just really value learning and, and, and building my skills, right? So there was that. And in terms of a long-term approach, I wanted something a bit more sustainable as well, right? So Traverse balanced for me the, you know, the nature of the, the quality work, really good reputation for training and enjoyment and having that, that friendly culture, which I resonated with and I had a good gut feeling with. Mm. Uh, and that's, that's the best I could do in terms of finding a firm um, and that's why, you know, when I got the offer from Travers, I had un other interviews, um, you know, incoming and I was like, no, I, I'm out of this process. I, I'm just sticking with Travers because it was just, yeah, the best one for me. But I'm sure there are many other reasons why people choose firms, whether it's practice area strengths, common opportunities, uh, types of clients, types of types of deals. Yeah, that's really interesting. And uh, and it will be so important for people to hear what you've just said, because I do think often it is how you feel about an organisation. Yeah. Um which is uh, is very, very personal, as you said. So you did your vacation scheme at Travers, and, and of course that was in the virtual world as so many of them have been over the last uh, year and a half. So what are your top tips for navigating virtual schemes? Because they are very different to being in an office with people face to face. Yeah, this is, this is such an interesting one. And I really enjoyed thinking about how I could stand out in a, in a virtual scheme, um, you know, because again, maybe some some candidates may be like well this is a virtual scheme all i can do is the work and be present right um and i think whatever you know every year it probably gets more competitive right so you have to think of new ways to, to stand out um however having said that my approach was uh something i heard from a, from another trainee who got you know a bunch of training contract offers um and he said it's a, well the, the tip that i took you know when i when i went to travis was knowing when to shine, but also when not to shine, right? So if I didn't know that tip, I would have just been all over every single sem uh, you know, seminar and, and meeting, just overloaded with, with questions, maybe sacrifice, sacrificing quality you know, as a result. Uh, and what he said, you know, 
sometimes the most impressive thing is to be silent or really think about your question. Let others speak. Um, and, you know, it may even be said that taking too much of, of others people other people's time or, or taking too much space in the in the meeting can maybe look bad as well, you know, if you're trying to dominate. So that was the first one uh, for me. And the second one, which I realized very quickly when starting the scheme was that there are people, like I assumed that there were people, you know, watching and and maybe not taking notes, but probably quite certainly feeding back to grad recruitment at every session, whether that was the coffee session or the group preparation, where there'd just be a trainee just, just watching casually, right? And for me, it, it, did, it does come quite natural to me to, you know, perform under pressure and to have that, you know, sense of uh, performance and, uh, uh, you know, try, trying to impress. However, um, if, you know, in terms of getting the best results, I think firms, especially Travers, look for that, that collaboration, uh, you know, quality. So, and, and especially not just in, in the presentation, right? Um, you, you can look as collaborative as you want, you know, if you're saying, oh, uh, Lucy, you, you mentioned this great idea, blah, 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 or, uh, you know, Jonathan, uh, perhaps we could combine those two ideas and, and offer this. However, in preparation, that's probably equally, if not even more important, you know, to, to, to really help your team um, get the best result rather than trying to be impressive all the time, you know, in, in terms of a short-term uh, mindset. And then the final tip is that, is the one that I've always kept um, throughout uni in any task, any uh, application was thinking big picture, you know, what is this question really asking? What is this task really looking for? Um, and I think that requires, you know, a certain maturity, a certain confidence to, um, you know, whether to, to negotiate, you know, if that's, if it's a negotiation or, uh, you know, for example, you know, in Traverse, there was a negotiation task. I was thinking, okay, well, are there similar deals that have happened like this, you know, outside or what is the power dynamic like? Who, who really, you know, is, you know, who's the customer, who's the, you know, the seller or um, buyer seller or um, what's the purpose of this specific clause, you know, really thinking big picture and, and, and seeing, okay, if we're getting, you know, really bogged down into the specific clause area issue, um, can we take a step back and be like, okay, I think we're spending a bit too much time for the value of this, of this clause or, or whatever. And maybe this is not what they're looking for. Um, so yeah, I really, really make sure to always take a step back and think, okay, what is this essay asking me? What is this uh, question really asking me to, to demonstrate? And and thinking about that throughout, you know. Mm, absolutely, yeah. And I think that's something that recruiters are looking for very, you know, a lot during an application process, an interview process, assessment, back scheme, attention to detail, but the ability to analyze and actually listen as well and interpret facts, which obviously is, is what lawyers are doing day in, day out. So they are assessing that throughout. So let's look forward to next year, next September, I think you're due to start with Travers. What are you looking forward to most during your trading contract, would you say at this stage? Well, I know Travers Smith Kitchen make great, great food. So, <laughs> yeah. And you did the experience that on the back scheme, right? So you want to? <laughs> we did it. We did have a, you know, a cooking session. We did bake some cookies, but it's not quite the same as, as eating, you know, food that someone else has prepared. Uh, and, you know, they even have their own Instagram. So that, you know, they're really keen on, on um, you know, maybe that, that's one of their selling points. They're trying to, you know, to pull people in, all the foodies uh, of London. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, for me, 
what, what I'm most excited about, I think, other than any sort of perk, any, you know, seat, it's probably just the, the Traverse environment, you know. For, for many years, Traverse have built a reputation. Maybe they, they also enjoy having the reputation of, of that firm that's really strong on training and, and, you know, the room sharing system where trainees can share a room with a senior associate and a partner and overhear conversations and ask questions, uh, you know, obviously, hopefully <laughs> intelligent questions. Um, yeah, I think it's just, I'm looking forward to being in proximity with, with CU lawyers and really using that as, as an opportunity to just learn as fast as possible and to just take the best of what they're doing and, and identify with it, incorporate it. And so that's, I think, one part of the environment. And the second part, I think it's just a bit more general. It's, um, you know, just sweating a little bit, you know, working hard. Um, I want a bit of a, you know, a bit of a challenge. I want to, you know, feel a bit of, you know, pressure and I want to feel challenged. I want to, you know, be in a situation like, gosh, what do I do and how do I approach this? How do I manage this expectation? How do I uh, approach this task that I've never seen before? I think I need that. I think I need a bit of a, you know, a, a good a good kick uh, in order to get myself going. Um, so, yeah, no. Yeah, learning by osmosis, I think is, you can't, you know, it's so such an important part of any graduate scheme, actually. So um, I'm sure that you will you will learn very quickly and, and, and pick up some great tips from, you know, how you manage those client relationships, how you manage those sort of time pressures and whatever okay. else it is. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that probably that leads us on nicely to the O-shaped lawyer. So some of our listeners may know, not have heard of the O-shaped lawyer or understand what the concept is. Can you briefly tell us about what it is? And also you're on the junior board. So how did that come about? Sure, sure. So it's an interesting one. So the O-shaped, I mean, I call it the O, you know, it has many different names, um, but it's a project attempting to redefine what it means for lawyers to deliver value, right? So for clients, for in-house lawyers, even for their own teams. And um, so what, what we mean by that is that we think that the skills and, you know, behaviors, mindsets celebrated by the profession at the moment as, as, as to what makes a great lawyer need to change. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm yet to join the profession, uh, but from my experience so far and from what, from what I hear from, you know, those within the profession, whether that's trainee to general counsel, is that lawyers are trained to find fault, avoid risk, um, and the O framework, uh, you know, the, the five skills, they champion um, qualities, not just skills, but behaviors and mindsets like optimism, positivity, opportunism, uh, in order to find and create places where, oh, this isn't a creative um, solution to this current problem rather than no, we can't do this, or this is too risky. Um, and maybe that, that means lawyers don't become, you know, especially in-house, don't become seen as cost centers or, or blockers or bottlenecks, but rather opportunity creators or, or business partners. Um, so I think it's just this, this change in mindset as to what it means to be a great lawyer. Um, and at the moment, we're involving firms, universities, law schools um, to train and and really build lawyers of the future to be more creative uh, and that requires more than just giving them case law and precedent uh, which is quite you know backwards looking you know we i think we want to be uh, i read this actually in a book it's, it's separate but it's um 
it's being it's learning from the past but maybe not being inspired by it because sure. you know the world the in, every industry is constantly changing and i think it's maybe a bit too you know finite minded or too narrow minded to think that the league profession will just stay exactly the same for the next mm-hmm. 10 20 years um so so yeah in terms of the junior board um it came through through kips funny enough through one of our sponsors who was a friend of the founder dan kane and and I mean, the junior board is quite an interesting name. I think we do want to rename it um, because they seem to think that we're full of you know, fresh ideas and energy, which is you know, <laughs> the senior <laughs> board, the main board, whatever we call it. So, um, but in any case, you know, the junior board, what we call it at the moment in its current iteration, we've gathered all our forces. We're, we're trainees, we're associates, people doing Silex, we've got paralegals, people doing the SQE, you got you know a straight uh, LLB law student uh, mm-hmm. like myself, and you know we've allocated some of the roles, and now we're just at the stage where we're gathering data, we're gathering as much information as we can to eventually produce some sort of output and create that awareness of of what needs to change in the profession. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite an exciting, you know, it's a movement, a project, um, a vision, hopefully mm-hmm. of what of what a lawyer of the future uh, and lawyers of the future will look like. Yeah. And we touched upon this in other podcast episodes that have come before this one. The legal sector is really changing quite quickly at the moment. It hasn't it hasn't for many, many years. And with everything that's been happening in the world and I think with the use of technology in particular, um, things have moved on very quickly. So that's that's fascinating. I hope you'll keep us up to date with what what that project does, because it'll be really great to revisit it at some point. Absolutely. No, I'll definitely be active on, on, on many platforms and mm. even with conversations with any lawyer. I'll be like, have you heard of the, the O? Have you heard of the Ocean mm. Lawyer? And well, no, tell me more. And then hopefully that'll be a little opportunity to, to share. Yeah, absolutely. So my final question, time is running out. But my final question is someone who's just left, um, got your degree from King's. What's your advice to students for getting the most out of their time at, at King's College London? So in an O-shaped fashion, I'd say the first <laughs> thing, which is, I think, part of my core values is be, being bold slash taking risks, right? So, you know, uh, you know, lawyers are risk first and I'm encouraging the opposite. So what I'm hopefully trying to encourage is telling students to join that society you're afraid of joining. Ask that friend if they want to study with you. Um, you know, provide your own opinion in an essay. You know, be bold and take that, that risk. Um, Maybe, maybe it's because I view every year, every task as an experiment, right? Figuring out, okay, what are they looking for and, and how am I approaching this and how, how you know, I'm going to try, try it this way. And if that doesn't work, let's try it a slightly different way. Um, and maybe it seems scary, but the upside is huge because if you view every question, every moment as an experiment, as an opportunity to learn, the upside, you know, is 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 massive, right? Maybe you okay, you get rejected. Maybe um, you know you you miss out on on something because you know someone didn't want to do anything with you. <laughs> but if they do say yes, which is you know probably likely the case, you could have a friendship for life. You could have an amazing opportunity, and it's it's how I was able to you know find opportunities outside of uni, whether that's internships or um, just coffees with with interesting people. It's by asking. Um, so that's the first one, I'd, probably the strongest one. Mm. Um, but then in terms of you know, the degree, in terms of studies, I certainly found that the more you put into it, the more you 
get. Uh, and it's really a choice. You know, you hear people saying, oh, law degrees are extremely, extremely difficult or a law degree at King's is extremely difficult. Um, but I think it's, it's really how you make the degree you know, fit for yourself. You could you know, decide, I want to spend all my time, all my energy on, on this degree. And you, know, you will have enough work. You know, they do give you enough reading to, for it to become an, more than a full-time job. You know, sometimes mm. you don't have enough time to physically read everything. Um, however, with that said, I found that the, you know, what I find is that after a certain point, after a certain amount of hours of going into a certain topic or a certain module, there was a, a moment where, ah, everything's starting to click, everything's starting mm. to click. And that's when the enjoyment for me really kicked in. Um, I think week by week it can be difficult to have that motivation, but maybe, maybe it's helpful to know that for aspiring students who are joining, you know, Kings or starting a law degree that there will be a point where things will start to connect, but you just have to put in the, the time, you know, um, to get to that place. Um, and then I think I mentioned this before, you know, if commercial law is your, is your, um, is your end goal or, or to be honest, any profession that you're, you know, going towards, you don't have to join and do things that you really hate. Um, I think it's important to get the basics of as, ma as many things as possible, right? So, you know, finance, law, and how businesses work, et cetera. But if there's an area that really interests you, really double down because it's very likely that there's not going to be many people with your set of experiences, your set of interests, and have followed through with those interests and mm -hmm. not artificially. And that really comes across um, at, at interview, as you, as you mentioned. Um, so yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's all I have. <laughs> no, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you. I know our listeners are going to get a lot from that advice, Bernie. Well, we're coming to the end of our time together. It's really flown by. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. But before I let you go, I want to remind our listeners that we'll be back soon with a new edition of Let's Talk Law, where we'll gain some more insights into law, life beyond kings from somebody else who studied at our fantastic institution. Um, in the meantime, and on behalf of our listeners, thank you so much, Bernie, for joining me today. It's been wonderful chatting with you um, i'm sure my our listeners will uh join me in wishing you every success for the future uh on the lpc and also in your future training contracts so thank you so much for your time oh, that's really kind it's the, the best way i can give back i hope thank you thank you take care